we are back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And it is episode 99, Wayne Gretzky. That's a hockey player, Big Ugly. That's uh, one of the greatest of all time. I'm familiar. Actually, he's the only hockey player I know, but I know Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) He was on on one of the Mighty Ducks. So... When I was yes, young. he yeah. was in the locker room congratulating them or wishing them luck, I think, yeah. during the, the second, second Mighty Ducks. Yeah, when movie. it was like Team USA, yeah. yeah. All right, so we're, we're going to talk wrestling. We got hashtag Pat Anthony uh, coming up in our second segment. You know, behind the streets, uh, it's going to be a, a follow-up because we've had him on several times. Yes. But um, I'm going to go off on a tangent right now since you just brought it up. Um, so the Mighty Ducks movies, all right. So we might not have talked about this before, but let's uh, let's check this out. Number yep. one was the OG, like that was the one of the best like movies overall all time. Um, you know, Gordon Bombay getting all the you know District Five team getting them out of newspapers on their pads and all this other stuff. But okay, the second one was the Goodwill Games, which was a big stadium, Olympic feel, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The third one was them going into high school on a varsity hockey team. Does that seem a little backwards to you? Um. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, and, but you mean, and I, I think you're mostly meaning from the second, the transition from second to the third one. Yeah, I'm feeling like the second one went way up here with the importance of you know America and Olympics and. Yeah, you know, all this stuff. And yeah. then the third one is kind of like they're getting older, you know, their balls are dropping, whatever. They, yeah. they, uh, the voices are changing, but now they're going into like this prep, preppy high school or whatever. It seems like the reasons for winning and playing go way up here in the second one and come way back down here in the third one. You feel me? Yeah. All right. So this is the way I've always looked at it, right? All right. Let's do so, it. So the second one is grand, and you're absolutely right. It's on a grand scale. And I feel like the second one. The, 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 the second one is mostly, I feel like, about Gordon Bombay's ascension to being like this world-renowned coach or, you know, country-renowned coach okay. and how it started getting to his head and started taking away from his attention to, like, not to the details, but then also to his kids and that loving attitude he used to have towards him and that hockey's supposed to be fun, right? Okay. I feel like the third one – while yes, in scope of what they were doing was was smaller compared to like them being on national stage. Yeah, it was still like it was more about the now. It was almost like the ducks' ego going to their head when they get somewhere else because it's like to them they're coming off of the second one, right? Even though it had been some years, it's like they're looking at themselves as like, listen, we were Team USA, we dominated Iceland. Like, and now you're telling us that, like, you think that we can't compete with, like, some varsity team, preppy team. So it's almost like what you're saying, right? It's like we've competed at the top of international level, and you think we can't beat these guys? You know what I'm saying? And it's like then they had to get put in their place to be like, you competed at a high level, but you competed at a high level with kids. You aren't kids anymore. You know what I'm saying? And when you're competing with – you know, damn near adults, you know, on a varsity level, it's a whole different ball game, you know? Yeah. So that's the way I've always rationalized. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not not taking anything away from the third movie. I actually really like the third movie. I like the third movie, yes. Um, I I do like the, the coach. Um, of the high school, yeah, the, the team, yes, yeah, who uh, goes? He, he kind of turns face in the middle, mm-hmm. um, 
because he kind of pulls a Bombay, like what he did in the first one. He was heel and then he turned face. And I always yes. relate everything to wrestling, as you know. Yes. But, um, yeah. It's but I, and I like uh, how fans understand anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> they might. I mean, we yeah. go off on tangents. Um, oh, I got to throw out another uh, another podcast. I think we got a, a, a subtle mention on another podcast. So it's called Unwaxed. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, Sylvester Stallone's daughters, Sistine and Sophia, have put out a podcast where basically they just turn on the microphone and start talking about whatever. And they interview cool people. Um, they've done about 49, 50, 50 plus episodes in the past year. But I, I, sometimes I go around other podcasts. I leave comments and reviews and things like that. And, you know, I put our link in there just in case. Um, but I, I did put something in there where it was like a vague comment about, you know, being being able to jive with somebody, being able to talk with somebody endlessly, you know, because they talked about, you know, putting on a podcast, you got to get along with somebody, you got to vibe with somebody, you got to be able to talk dead air is nothing on a podcast, especially, you know, so, um, but I threw something in there and they started talking about that and they were like, well, we get a lot of, we, we got, we get some listeners, we put up some comments and you're talking about, you know, they, they use the words that I use. Yeah. Like vibing and things like that. So I'm like, man, this is Sylvester Stallone's daughter's podcast involuntarily shouting us out. Right. So yeah. Yeah. you got to go to the Unwaxed podcast. You know, they got an Instagram. They got a YouTube channel. Um, and, and they're they're funny as hell. They're And they're also very, um, you know, up to date. You know, they're very with the times, you know. And they're t- yeah. talking about themselves, but they're talking about other things. And they're very, uh, very fun to listen to. It's very addicting. So go watch that. Go listen to uh, that. So yeah, definitely. Just throwing that in there because, you know, we're all over the world, Big Ugly. We are. We are. Um, Worldwide, right? I wish, I wish they had a shouted you out directly. Uh, however, we will take them quoting you. They're, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say because they used some of the specific words, like in yeah. the same tone that I used. It's the same, you know, but yeah. I don't know if they can, you know, because I don't know if they're with Podcast One or with, with another company. I don't know how they are about advertising other folks or whatever the things may be, sure. but that's okay. I'll take an indirect shout out because uh, Sylvester Stallone was Rocky, was Rambo. Uh, he was don't tell. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Stop or my mom will shoot. He yeah. was. Uh, Oscar and in, in he was yeah uh, and he's also expendable. Yep. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so he's the, he's the man, and uh, I will take it any way we can get it. Yeah. But uh, let yeah. So uh, today, episode 99, we are one away from 100. We are going to hit this milestone. Now they did 50 episodes in about a year, but of course they're Sylvester Stallone's daughters, and they got time and money, which is more <laughs> things that you and I ha- don't have yeah. as much of. But um, I think we've done pretty good for ourselves, and we've got a pretty good base, and we got iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, uh, we, we got it all. We got the Gmail account that's still out there. We got the MySpace account that's still out there. Um, and you and I are going to collaborate when we can do this big Zoom, biggest Zoom meeting of all time. Yeah. Um, might be a good time because, you know, some of these initial vaccination shots are going to be wearing off. Might, maybe people aren't getting their boosters, but it's holiday time, so people are coordinating with other people. But we're going to get this big 100, and we're going to invite everybody. So if you're listening to this, um, you know, we probably have a connection to you somewhere on one of those platforms I just said. 
but um, you know, you probably know one or both of us personally too. So uh, reach out to us. If we don't reach out to you for whatever reason, I'm going to try to put everybody on. We're going to do it through Facebook because that's probably the easiest way. Um, uh, we're going to send this link up and say, hey, join us at this time. We'll try to do it. You and I will come up with a time that's good. Um, so basically anybody can do this from anywhere. You can pick up your phone and join the link meeting from wherever you're at. So yeah, 100. Uh, you know, no specific topics. It, it's just going to be, we're just going to call it episode 100. There you go. I don't yeah. think you can do yeah. any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on this episode, 99, we're going to have hashtag Pat Anthony, uh, you know, Pat Street sees behind the streets. Um, we've talked to him for almost, you know, five plus years now. He's been a listener. He's been a podcast uh, interviewee. He's been a friend. We've seen him live and in person uh so many different places and he's doing so many things he got married last year in the middle of this pandemic and about to celebrate the marriage uh coming up very shortly so uh it's 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 a great time to be talking to him and he's another guy who can hold up his end of the conversation so we're going to talk to him but big ugly i want to talk to you about crown jewel yes um wwe saudi arabia in a very small arena, but a very big set. It looked weird, but that's okay. That you know, they got to do what they got to do. Did you see Crown Jewel? I did. Okay. Did you see it all? Yes. That was in a long theory. show. It in was a long show. I say in theory because I was. Theory. Yeah, I had it on. There were some parts where I was working more than ah. other parts. So yes, but yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But uh, so you know the outcome of everything that's been going on. Correct. Yes. Okay. We're going to start at the top and work our way down. I'm not going to go through the whole results, but uh, we'll go through some key issues and key points here. Let's talk about Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and uh, the odd man out, Paul Heyman. Um, let, let's talk about that match. It ended the show, which it should have. That, yes. that makes sense. Um, decent match, I, I think. And actually – I'm really intrigued by the story. And we got to thank Paul Heyman for this because these guys on their own, I'm sure they got their own niche, niche, whatever you want to call it. But Paul Heyman in the middle of this just makes it relevant and makes it exciting. Um, and I want to see what happens. It's, so uh, yeah. before we get to the finish, how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I actually love, I, I like the whole Heyman uh, in between thing. I, I always get worried simply because I like the whole bloodline thing and Heyman being with the bloodline. So it'd be like, mm -hmm. It actually be engaging me because I'm worried that like all oh, like Heyman's gonna mess this up and he's gonna get kicked out of the bloodline or whatever. Um, but I do think that he is adding more intrigue, and I think that it also plays well because it's like it's almost like Lesnar is outsmarting Reigns. Like he's 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 using Heyman as a way to get in Reigns' head, even though Heyman might not actually be betraying Roman. You know what I'm saying? We don't really know sometimes, but right. You know, the way Brock the, – like, I love the subtlety, like, in the match when Heyman throws the belt in, right? And technically the belt doesn't go to Brock, right? It's in the middle. But, the belt goes so, directly in the middle of where the they middle. both are. But the way Brock starts laughing and smiling like Heyman threw it directly to him, it was gold. Like, I loved it. And, you know, and then, of course, it made Reigns doubt, like, oh, did Heyman really throw it to him? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's good stuff. When, when he did – so they were talking about Heyman being all stoic outside the ring. He didn't move. He didn't have anything on his face, nothing. And then all of a sudden, he got, grabs the belt. He throws it directly in the middle. I mean, if you took a measuring tape, it's going to be equidistant. Yeah. Um, 
great job to him because he could have easily botched that and it could have went one or the other way and it just would have completely took away from the entire thing. But the fact he was able to put that belt right in the middle, great. I mean, that, that's just perfect. And then he see, said something about you know what to do with it. He didn't say it to anybody. He turned his back turned and back, said, yeah. you know what to do with it. Yeah. And then, of course, they, they, they had their, their deal over it. And I'm glad, actually, very excited that the match ended the way it did with interference um, because that, that's, a, that's a screw job finish. You know, and it also leaves the door open to have it happen again. And I am totally okay with that um, because I don't think there should be one dominant person in this feud. At all. Yeah, no. And, and, um, and you can ask, it seems like after this, it seems like they're kind of putting this feud on ice for a little bit while they suspend Brock Lesnar. Would I be accurate in that? Yeah. So what is he? I think he's, uh, he's suspended. Well, he didn't get suspended. He got suspended after showing up on SmackDown and yeah, beating the hell out of Roman yes. Reigns, which is yes. what he said he was going to do. Like he put it yes. on his Twitter account. Brock Lesnar doesn't Twitter anything. Um, so, and then he did, he did that, and then he beat up the Usos again, and then he uh, beat up officials. He beat up, yeah. And then, and he, then he beat up Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so he so, suspended indefinitely. Right. So that's okay for Brock because Brock has that deal where he can, you know, come and go at different times for different reasons. Um, so there'll be a way for a storyline-wise to get of him course. back in. And so that's what I was going to ask you, if you think they're going to hold Brock off until WrestleMania season next year and go for a Reigns-Brock WrestleMania. Maybe Rumble. Let's uh, – Rumble, okay. I'm going to say Rumble because Rumble's in a big stadium um, and Rumble needs a big match. Like last time at the Rumble, we got Drew McIntyre and Goldberg. Nah. Um, no offense to either guy, but – we need, and you know, I think it'll be, I don't even think Survivor Series. Survivor Series, they're going to do the whole Raw versus SmackDown thing, which is another thing we got to talk about. And I wish CM Funk was joining us today. You know, shout out to him because he's actually in the Queen City and he's working, he's traveling, he's doing his thing. But we got to talk about Charlotte and Becky. We'll get to that. But, um, yeah, I think Roman and Brock will be a big-time Royal Rumble thing. I think after Survivor Series, they're going to start building that up again. Um, and then I don't know if it'll detail itself all the way to WrestleMania, but um, we're going to talk about that too because apparently in uh, one of your favorite cities, Dallas, Texas, with the Cowboys, how yeah, about them Cowboys? We got two nights yeah. of WrestleMania again. Um, but see, a lot to talk about, lots to talk about. But, yeah, I think Roman and Brock, um, they, they can bring back that storyline at any time, but now that they've shifted it because the last time they had it, Roman was a face. Brock was a heel. Paul was with Brock for sure. Now we're, we, we don't know who's the face, who's the heel, who's the favorite, who's not, and Paul Heyman right in the middle. And I don't think we'll ever get that answer. And I don't think we should. You don't think – I've been looking at Brock as a face. You don't think they're, they, he's the face? No, right now I think it is. Yeah. I think Heyman is right in the middle. We're oh, not going to get him? that answer. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but Brock, is, Brock doing what he's doing, changed the look up. He's got that, you know, that ponytail up top. Yeah. He looked, Brock Lesnar looks like he ate Brock Lesnar, as Pat McAfee said. Um, and he's coming – when he gets on the microphone, whether it's backstage with Caleb Braxton or, you know, a little bit in the ring, and he just is – Obviously, he's got a script. He's told what to say, but he says it as Brock Lesnar would say it, which yeah. is kind of 
not scripted. I don't know. It, I like it. It's not yeah. much. Yeah. When he gets on the microphone for more than 10 seconds, we don't need it. But anything after that, I'm okay. Good. Before that. Yeah. I love it, though. I could, I, could, I could watch this all day long. But they're going to keep the intrigue going. They're going to use Survivor Series for what it's needed for. I don't know about this day one thing, uh, you know, because there's a pay-per-view on November for, uh, January 1st called day one. So I think that'll continue the build for Roman and Brock at Royal Rumble. How about that? Okay. Yeah. I'm with that. I, I don't uh, mind that. That'll I'm be a good, like that. you said, that's a good match for Royal Rumble. Um, you yeah. Know, yeah. I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. But continue. Did you notice? I kind of like went on a tangent with that, but you can continue with the crown jewel. Card. I don't mind changes. I was going to say, did you notice on crown jewel? Like at the beginning, I don't know if you watched any of the pre-show, but they said, Oh, Roman and Brock is going to be no disqualification. They said at the beginning of the kickoff show, and then 30 minutes later, they said Roman and Brock don't want anything to do with this, so it's not going to be no disqualification. I did not, I did not see the kickoff show, so okay. Okay, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, did, somebody got their signals crossed or something like that, but uh, yeah. obviously with the finish of the match, it couldn't have been no disqualification. So <laughs> Right, exactly, yes. Uh, or that, all that would have been legal. But um, Crown Jewels, so we had another match. We had Big E and Drew McIntyre, face versus face. Um, I actually thought it was decent. I, I I don't really have one bad thing to say about Crown Jewel. It was a little long, but, you know, you, that's what you're going to get with the Saudi Arabia show. You're going to get four or five hours, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, I thought Drew and Big E was okay. I'm glad Big E won. Um, glad he won clean. Didn't hurt Drew. Um, and uh, I, I like Big E as champion. I think that could go. I don't think all the way to WrestleMania. But it can go for a couple of months. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't know if he'll make it to WrestleMania. Um, I, definitely the jury, it's out for me on Biggie. I think when I think, um, you know, if I'm if I'm comparing to Kofi, simply, you know, because they were in a new day, out of the two, I think I liked Kofi's reign as champion simply because to me his journey made his championship reign worth it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I don't feel like Big E had as compelling of a journey as Kofi did. You know, him just kind of being the money in a bank and then, you know, just randomly cashing it in. Sure. Um, and I think him being alone, you know, he doesn't have anybody with him. And I can tell – and I think also it's like it's weird because he's a champion. And to me it's like he's almost in like this in-between character change, right? Like he's toning down a bit on the goofiness and trying to get a bit more serious. But for me, it's like, we haven't discovered his character in the midst of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is he, be, what is he becoming? Cause it's like, all right, we're not getting the goofy Biggie dancing as much. We're getting a little bit of a serious Biggie, but it's like, it, I haven't really gotten to it just yet. So that would be my only complaint. Other than that, you know, I think he's a believable champion. Yeah, believable's good. I think you're right. It's more transitional at this point. I, th I believe uh, since it was a money in the bank cash in and it wasn't like, uh, you know, Kofi mania or whatever it was that led yeah. up to us seeing Kofi win the title at WrestleMania 35 um, or 36. Uh, I think that Big E is going to be a good transitional champion, not to say that he's not going to do well with it, but I, I think we need to get, see, I think we need to get more big E goofy back. And I don't think that works with the title. Um, Yes. Maybe he can chase for a little while because I, I don't see him 
I mean, somebody's going to beat him, but it's not going to be legit. Like, it's going to be a, a screw job finish or or cashing money in the bank in on him. You know, it's not going to be that quick. But you know what I'm saying? It's it's not going to be like a compelling Big E versus something feud over and over. He's going to get different opponents, so they have different championship matches. And somewhere along the line, you know, somebody's going to beat him. Now, I don't remember um, – if, if SmackDown did say what his next opponent would be, but I know Survivor Series is supposed to be champion versus champion. So at this point in time, that would be Roman Reigns versus Big E. I don't see that changing. Um, yeah. I so, think, you know what? I feel like it's, you just got to combine it, right? Like, I feel like the best thing to do, this seems cliche because Big E's black, but you could turn him <laughs> into like a Muhammad Ali style character, right? Like, Ali was goofy and would make all of these rhymes and jokes. Oh, if he do this, I'm going to drop him in five. Sure. And if, you know what I'm saying? And it's like he was goofy and jokey, but in the ring, the man was unstoppable. You know what I'm saying? It's I like he lived up to the hype, you know? And I feel like it was like that perfect balance of like having charisma, but then also having the actual skills to back it up in the ring. Yeah. And I feel like you you could merge that with Big E, you know what I'm saying? And have him be that kind of person, you know? He's goofy and talking trash, but he's talking trash not in a mean way, but in a very cocky, confident way and goofy way. And when he's in the ring, he he's 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 got it, you know. Yeah, and that's strong, and that could be. Um, it it's they gotta they gotta put the company on his back, you know, if they want to do that, you know, if it's if it's truly transitional, if it feels like we haven't gotten you know the story behind the title change or the Big E character yet, maybe we will. Maybe they'll put the company on his back. But right now, the company's on the back of Roman and Brock and Paul, um, yeah, listen, and even uh, you know when we talk about Roman Reigns. Okay, like <laughs> not for I'm sorry, not for Big E. Roman yeah, I mean <laughs> nothing wrong with Big E. It's just that there's there's a difference. There's a big difference. Yes. Um, you it's know, okay. there's it's okay. Like Roman's the guy. Yeah, and that's good because he. We've been saying that forever, but you know, the the fans weren't getting behind him. The social media wasn't getting behind him. He had leukemia twice. I mean, there's been a pandemic. It took a lot for that to happen, but it was going to happen one way or another. Right. Um. And 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 Roman's character and his storyline. I mean, to me, it just is better than Big E at this point. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I would bank on Roman Reigns over Big E you know, right now, like he just has a great character. Like he finally, he finally did it. It took some time, but he did it. Yeah. And I'm glad he did it. Cause I'm, I'm really enjoying the, even the segments backstage, the promos that he cuts in the ring, um, you know, what's going to happen, you know, he, cause he's had, he's had issues with everybody in the bloodline at this point in time there is no clean a to b with anybody um there the blood is thicker than water the blood might be thicker than money but money i don't know but he's had issues with everybody it's combustible at all times you never know and i love it yeah um so great uh let's talk about another combustible situation charlotte and becky um (laughs) so so, (laughs) all right i got i got theories on this but we'll we'll get to this but okay so charlotte and becky got drafted to each other's different shows. Um, Charlotte going to SmackDown, Becky going to Raw, Seth's on Raw, so that makes sense. They're together. Um, But anyway, so in Saudi Arabia, Charlotte did not go. She did not compete. Um, But we did have uh, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, and Becky in a triple threat that Becky won. Um, Cheated a little bit, but that they need – she was so over in Saudi Arabia. She was the face. There were Becky chants all night long because, I mean, they don't know any better. They don't have all the, 
you know, information that we have. Yeah. Um, they just seen Becky Lynch, and the last time they saw Becky Lynch, she was the man. Right. Um, legit. So they, <clears throat> I like how they played that match. And it was kind of understated because the women, they, they got to understate everything with the women in that country. You know, it's, it's all kinds of, you know, different rules and regulations. But so Becky won, cheated a little bit. Then they had a segment on SmackDown, or was it Raw? I can't remember which one, but they had to switch the titles. Yeah, I think it was Raw. I think it was like, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Raw. So they switched the titles. So Charlotte was. She's on Raw, right? Or are they on both? Whatever. Sonya's on Raw now, which is weird because she was on Raw on Monday. So I don't know. But the draft did weird things. But they had a title exchange segment. So. Becky was giving the SmackDown title to Charlotte, and Charlotte was giving the Raw title to Becky. Uh, apparently, there was a little more improv during that title exchange on television. Apparently, there was a backstage altercation, and apparently, Charlotte needed to be escorted out of the building. Yeah. Um, this was all over social media. Yeah. So, but Charlotte and Becky, we've seen it before. We're yeah. going to see it again at Survivor Series. Um, I have a theory. Maybe this was constructed from the inside to be somewhat of a shoot, but it's actually not to give it more heat and give people more of a reason to watch it at Survivor Series and give more credibility to both characters. Because they were talking about, oh, it added an additional title reign onto each person's title. No, that shouldn't be the case. It doesn't add anything. You're just switching. So. It's not like you're adding another title reign or doesn't deflate the title reign that Charlotte had with the Raw Championship. It's just you got drafted. You're going to another show. Yeah, you need the the title of that brand. So what do you think about it? I mean, you know, Charlotte and Becky, where they have come from, where they are now, uh, this whole backstage thing, this altercation and, and upcoming Survivor Series. What do you think? All right. So I think that what you're saying could be true, you know, given that, you know, Charlotte dropped the title on the ground when she wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Eventually, she does pick it up and, you know, give it, and then Becky kind of throws the title at her. Yeah, so, dropping the title on the floor rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. So this is why I, I don't feel like it's a, it's a work, and the reason being is because of what you just said. Disrespecting the title is not something that I feel like Vince McMahon typically does. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, maybe you can think of some examples where he has, but I don't feel like it's – you know, it's almost like he doesn't like for the title to be called a belt. You know what I'm right. saying? Like right. Championship. He takes that very seriously. Then also the fact that – and this is digging a little deeper, but the fact that the same night you had Andrade pretty much say F you to WWE. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I doubt that Charlotte's going to be like, hey, can you get in on this work for me, you know what I'm saying, to make this seem, like, legit, you know? Yeah. This whole other company. Then, Maybe it's a shoot that's going to turn into a work. I don't know. Right, but. don't know. And then the last thing I would say, this is digging kind of deep, and I don't know if it's true, but there were rumors that Becky and Charlotte have not been very cool with each other since 2018 or so. I guess this is when Becky first became the man. And she did a promo calling Charlotte uh, plastic or something or mentioning her being plastic, which the rumor has that Charlotte took, like, big offense to that, and they haven't really been cool since. On top of the fact, I could see that as true in the sense that, like, Becky, I think she stole a lot of Charlotte's shine, you know, Mm -hmm. and I would be – 
you know, a miss to think that Charlotte doesn't have an ego like most wrestlers and especially being in that top spot. And Charlotte was always the number one. And Becky did kind of come along and just swept that right from underneath her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's a lot it's interesting to talk about because I mean the the fan in me wants to see this as a clearly mastermind plan. But I think that's that's a little too mastermind. I think they got a whole lot more on their plate to think about than, you know, making Charlotte and Becky look good and not, you know, be at each other's throats. But it's it's the kind of that uh, shoot that could turn into a work. Dropping the title, um, I don't know about Vince, but I can tell you if you if you watched uh, any of that Attitude Era Monday Nitro, WCW, go over to the other channel, when Alundra Blaze, a.k.a. Medusa, left WWE, went to WCW, she took the WWF women's title at that time, that old pink and blue thing, and uh, she actually got on television, picked up a trash can, held the WWF title, and dropped it in the trash on television with Eric Bischoff sitting right there. Now, that was directly formulated as a FU to Vince and WWE and all this, which is interesting to me because when Alundra Blaze went into the Hall of Fame, you know, she talked about it, and now it's just like wrestling lore. But if anything else, we're talking about Charlotte and Becky now more than if we would have said, oh, they just switched titles, they went to different shows, and they're facing themselves at Survivor Series. So I'd like to think somewhere in the depths of their minds, they're like, we need a little more fire on this, so let's, let's create drama. I don't know, but you're dropping the belt. I've, I haven't seen that on a WWE show in a long time. Like, they would take replica titles and or different titles, like the Rock Smoking Skull title or, the, or, I'm sorry, Austin Smoking Skull title or whatever it is, and they would, you know, Austin would throw it over the ropes and, you know, it'll land in the ring or the Rock would, you know, kind of as he was undressing, going down the ramp and he would throw it aside, yeah. like, that's things in the attitude era, but ever since then we haven't seen that like that belt is or the title, the championship. You know, you travel with it, you eat with it, you sleep with it. You know, it's on your shoulder or on your, on your uh, waist. It doesn't, and you know, if you have to hand it to the referee, you hand it to the referee. Referee hands it to the ring announcer. It gets put on the table. It never hits the floor, right? Ever. So, it's interesting to see what'll happen because Charlotte. If she did get escorted out of the building, Becky Lynch did show up on Raw. She did her bit. Um, we'll see what happens on SmackDown this upcoming week. But I want to see if Charlotte gets penalized or if they try to work this in because it's all over the social media. Yeah, you can't I mean, ignore it. I definitely feel <clears throat> this is it's going to be telling, right? Like for me, if they don't mention some of the backstage out outbreak, then to me that stuff was real. You know what I'm saying? And they're trying yeah. to keep it under a rug. If they mention it, like if they're like Charlotte had to be escorted from the building and all this stuff, then it's like, okay, all of this might have just been a big shoot. I mean, uh, work that they were conjuring up. But um, they do have to face each other Survivor Series if they both have the titles and if they go with the the, the Survivor Series thing where Raw versus SmackDown, it's inevitable at this point. Yeah. And I mean, I think that I think that just like any other real life beef, if they really do have beef, I mean, I'm sure they will work. And, you know, do their work just fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, They're both professional. I, yeah, they would be professional, exactly. But, I mean, you know, listen, it it uh, it would not shock me if they have real, you know, beef. 
for like what you just said, because Becky kind of, you know, kind of rode in on the coattails and she stole some of the spotlight and, you know, she started calling herself the man and that was what her father called her uh, and called himself. And it's, uh, you know, and she had a lot of heat and a lot of steam and then she went and had a baby. So obviously she's on top of the world and Charlotte's, you know, her fiance is wrestling in another company and Charlotte's 15 time champion, you know, but what else can she do? And now, and and let's throw this in because it's in like a tangent to go the other direction. Now Zelina Vega is the queen and she's legitimately calling herself. I am the queen of WWE. I am the queen. I am the, she is not holding back. I cannot wait because Charlotte's on a different show right now. Um, but I don't see where Charlotte doesn't like find her and like, popper like you right. know yeah. she's yeah. like i am the queen and charlotte's been calling herself the queen for years right from the queen city yes. queen. like dude and and, and uh, props to selena vega i gotta say you know you know alistair black went to the other company they're married whatever the case may be um selena vega won that tournament and she did a good job i actually think the women's match went over with dewdrop better than i thought it was gonna go um and guy and uh, god bless zelina vega for doing her thing and uh you know we'll get back to kofi being the king but um what do you think about zelina what do you think about that uh sure calling herself the queen you see, see any pushback there with charlotte i mean i don't see any pushback right now simply because they're on different brands but yeah. I think if they were on the same brand they would have no choice but to i mean that story kind of builds itself right yeah the survivor uh, series man yeah. However, bringing everybody together I think that it's conflicting when you have a queen of the ring and then you already have someone whose gimmick is pretty much like the, the queen Charlotte player, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know she doesn't necessarily have a queen gimmick, but it's a part of like, every time she comes out, she's pretty much Corey Graves or somebody is like the queen. You know what I'm saying? Like she calls herself the queen. Corey Graves calls herself the queen. Yeah. yeah. But maybe that's why they called it the queen's crown tournament. Because Queen of the Ring seems like the logical way to go because you've got the King of the Ring. Um, but maybe Charlotte has established herself as the Queen of the Ring. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it's, is, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. We were talking about just before we move on, and we can talk about Xavier Woods real quick. But I was going to say we were just talking about real-life beefs and being professional. And, like, I'm going to tell you something that I thought was a work that is actually a shoot. So okay. Dan, Brian, and Miz have always – you know, they always do their little feuds. Yeah, and yeah. so I literally just thought it was a, it was just, you know, a work for, for the show. It was convenient. But then Daniel Bryan was on the 24, I think it was either 24, one of them documentary shows for HBO sure. uh, or WWE, and it was on The Miz. And, like, Daniel Bryan admitted, he's like, listen, I don't like Mike, you know what I'm saying, but I have to respect that he's blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, oh, this is real. Like, <laughs> he really has no love for this guy. <laughs> and that's that's the truth and that was a compelling storyline all the way through it and they were both professional but yeah. i gotta tell you you know because the miz came from the world of hollywood you yeah. know reality tv things like that and daniel bryan came up you know wrestling in bingo halls for five dollars hot jog and a handshake yeah. and uh you know killing himself for 30 40 minutes every night so obviously coming from different worlds and then being put up on that pedestal and then mike the miz mizan uh reached the, the heights before daniel bryan ever did yeah um you know, but yeah, I, I got to think there's some real life heat there, but there's also professional respect. Yeah. But if you don't have, there's got to be something real, you know, and, and the best characters, the best storylines, the best things we see in professional wrestling, there's a dose of reality in everything that we see. Yeah. Um, so we need something real. You know, the best part of Stone Cold Steve Austin was because that was a lot of him 
being him just amped up to 10. Yeah. Um, you know, so the, the best things are like that. So, and you know, things like when uh, Becky Lynch got popped in the nose by Nia Jax and the blood came running down her face and it was an accident, right. but it was real. Yes. And that's been the, the, the picture forever. Like yeah. that's beautiful. So I, I see what you're saying. It's a great tangent um, because Daniel Bryan is now wrestling legitimate wrestling matches in AEW. The Miz is dancing with the stars. He was just WWE champion not too long ago. Um, he's way up here. Like he's, <laughs> he got, is, uh, you got Roman Reigns. Yeah. And you got the Miz. The Miz is filling so many places of WWE right now. You know, you got Miz and Mrs. Reality Television on, you know, you got uh, so many things that he's doing. The Miz is so far up here, bro. Yeah, no, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, and I mean, yeah, there's no doubt that the Miz is. I mean, he's a top, he's a top star. You know what I'm saying? And at any moment, okay. he could be put in a title position, and it's it's believable. Um, I would love to see the Miz guy. win the Royal Rumble finally. Right. Uh, and and I would love to see the Miz take on Roman because that would be a compelling storyline. Yeah. Uh, no way in the world do I think the Miz wins that match physically. But you know, he could talk his way out of anything. He could end up uh, cheating his way out of anything. It's, it's compelling. Anything you put him in, and the fact that he was been working there for 15 years and basically never got injured. I mean, that's yeah. just it's amazing. Uh, Queen Zelina, very good. Queen very Zelina, good. and I was and I was going to say about uh, and, and the King of the Ring. Um, so Queen Zelina, it's cool. You know, I didn't really care for the match that much with her and Dewdrop, but it, I think part of it is this: I haven't really been as invested in Zelina since she's come back, and yeah. I'm not invested in Dewdrop at all. Um, so yeah, and I feel you. Marie just like, is she out of the picture now? She just, she, they have nothing for her at this point. <laughs> I have no idea. She's still on WWE uh, media. She's posting all the, all day, every day. I don't know if they're just, just weaning her out so they can have do drop to a single thing. I don't know, but right. they built yeah. So uh, I don't know. The thing is that the iconics are gone, but we have even Marie. So that's it. All right. Anyway. So going on to Xavier, Xavier Woods, right? And the King of the Ring. Xavier was the King of the Ring. It's cool, but I'm a bit upset. Uh-oh. Why? I don't understand. I think that, like, at this point now, I'm just like, what was the whole point of Finn Balor and Roman Reigns and the Demon thing? Because I'm like, this, it went nowhere. Yeah. And it's so upsetting because it's like, yo, you just took Finn Balor to the pinnacle of being in a title picture to a complete botch in the ring that caused him to lose. Then you just shoehorn him into this King of the Ring tournament with no real story follow-up to what happened with Reigns. And then he loses to Xavier Woods, who typically gets jobbed out in every tag team match that they lose. And not to say Xavier, I think Xavier is well overdue for a big win because I do feel like he's been on the losing end for the New Day for too long. However, it's like, what what was happening with Finn Balor? Like, I'm so confused, man. Like, they had zero payoff for this man. And it just was like, I'm just like, WWE, come on. Like, you can't do stuff like that, man. <laughs> like, it, it didn't have to be Finn Balor in that spot. I know Finn Balor is your workhorse. Finn Balor is going to give a good match to anybody who he gets in the ring with. Um, Finn Balor's a company man. He's going to do what they ask him to do. He's kind of lost at sea right now. Um, and, you know, and, and it's a shame because he's so freaking talented. 
listen, they could have put where Finn Balor was, they could have easily put Cesaro. It could have been Xavier Woods versus Cesaro. Xavier Woods wins. I'm good to go. Yeah. Balor could have gone off. He botched the thing. They botched the thing with Reigns. I get it. They had to move on to Reigns versus Lesnar. So you can't keep that going. Why not have it where you make that a storyline? Somebody set Finn Balor up. You know what I'm saying? Something happened with the ropes. It was because of this. Boom. You, you get him into a feud with whoever screwed him over with Reigns. There you go. It's easy. <laughs> I'm, bro, I'm just so confused sometimes. Like, I just don't get it. Like, Ballard's at that point, man. They sent him to NXT. He did his thing. They changed NXT. They brought him up. Uh, I mean, it's – I don't know. Finn Balor is so good and so talented. Uh, I don't know if they just think him in as a liability because he gets injured a lot. I don't know if they, you know, have a short leash on him because he, they think he might jump back to somewhere else. Uh, Ring of Honor actually just said they're letting all of the people go out of their contracts at the end of this year. They're regrouping and then coming back in April of 2022. So that's one less place to go. Uh, You mentioned the Iconics. Inspiration now, as they are called, with two eyes. And they just made their debut and won the Women's Tag Team Championships at Bound for Glory, TNA Impact Wrestling. Um, So I don't know. Finn Balor is stuck right now. Um, there's another guy who thinks I, I think can and should win the Royal Rumble. Um, they need a legitimate story behind him to push him, whether he wins or not, whether he puts the company on his back or not. Because the, the legitimate storyline that they put him in with Roman Reigns was so short, but it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then Finn Balor even came in the ring on Raw on Monday night, and he was like, you know what? I was the first ever universal champion and I beat Seth Rollins for it. But what did they do? They put him in a four way with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. And um, I can't remember, but anyway, Seth Rollins won. So we're back to where we started with Seth Rollins getting a push and, and Finn Balor, Finn Balor uh, doing the work. Finn Balor's doing the job of Dolph Ziggler at this point. Dolph Ziggler gets in there to make anybody who, you know, look good. That's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, not getting over like, yeah. And I think Finn Balor needs to go on steroids or something because he needs to juice up and maybe Vince will be like, oh, damn, he's big. I like him. Yeah. I don't know. But here's the thing, though. I mean, it's like I think that Dolph Dolph had the same kind of comparison to Shawn Michaels. I think Michaels was little and Michaels was the guy. And their styles are similar. I think that Dolph just needs a better character. I think his character sucks. I think the show off is like kind of played out by this point. And I just think he hasn't been able to develop a compelling enough character. Yeah. Um, Him and Robert Roode just won a tag team match. I think they're the number one contenders to fight for the SmackDown titles next week, the Dirty Dogs. Um, I think. Uh, but, I mean, they don't really have a character. Not, neither yeah. one of them. I think you, you put Dolph Ziggler <clears throat> at, the, at the, uh, like the head of a stable, and I think that you, you might have something there. You know what I'm saying? Almost like Michaels was like the lead of DX. You know what I'm saying? I think you might have something. I think he was pretty decent when they put Drew with him. You know what I'm saying? Like he was – his character was kind of like coming up a bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But I'll tell you. Uh, it's a lot – it's a lot they could do with a lot of people, but we'll see. And, you know, they, they let go of so much talent over the past six months. They, they shortened their roster, so – and they got, they got enough content. They got plenty of shows. Use them. Uh, just use them. But King Xavier, I like where it could go, and I think um, 
I might have said this to CM Funk, but you know, at the even when he walked up the ramp after the match, he got the crown, he got the cape. Nobody could put the cape on for some reason. He got the scepter, and he actually started talking into the camera. And Xavier Woods was like, "I am your king. I am the leader. You will now bow to me." Like it almost sounded like he was turning a little bit heel, like he was getting, he was feeling himself a little bit. Um, and he started doing that on his coronation too. When when Kofi actually gave him the coronation, I'm like. Hmm. I don't know if I'd like I'm maybe anti-hero Kofi or uh, Xavier, but heel Xavier. I don't know. He's too. He's too New Day ish. Like I don't see any of the three of them going heel yet, like individually or together. I actually feel like he is the most New Day ish, and I feel like as far as the heel, he would be the one that could pull it off the best because I think. He has the most character to be like annoying, to be yeah. that annoying, almost the way Booker T was when he was King Booker. Like yeah. Xavier can hit that level to me of of heel ish behavior. You know, like just that cocky, arrogant. Like, bro, you was just losing every match like two weeks ago. Like, what? Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, he can like, do it. Yeah, he got, like the new day when they were healed before they got over. Xavier was that annoying little mosquito that wouldn't he shut up. Was, he was the most, <laughs> and I think that at this point, I think the new day has run its course. I mean, it's obvious they're not even together anymore. You know, yeah. they're just a tag team, and I, I think without the three of them, they kind of flounder. It's like it really takes that three to really create that new day feel, and just as just a tag team, yeah, I I don't think it works as much. Um, because you know, I think Biggie and Kofi had the biggest personalities in the between the tr- the trio of them. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I yeah, I, and I don't mind at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all right. They, see, they had a right? long run. Yeah, oh, long run, longer than anybody probably anticipated they would have. Um, and they can always bring them back together, re- reunion, revival down the road. Yeah. But let, let the three of them kind of do off individually and see what they can do. Um, you know, I have no problem with Xavier because Xavier's been taking the brunt of everything for a while. So it's good to give him a little uh, shine. I don't mind it. I, I hate <clears> the ring. But not the expense of Finn Balor, but, you know. But uh, And we had one more thing at Crown Jewel. We had a couple more things, but one more thing specifically. Um, and that was the – no holds barred. It falls count anywhere between Goldberg and Bobby Lashley. And I will tell you, I was not looking forward to it because I didn't, you know, especially after SummerSlam was a little deflating and they, they got the sun involved. And I'm like, what the heck? Um, and I'm like, okay, Goldberg is on his ledges contract again. But after it was over, towards the middle and after it was over, I was like, now, nah, damn, whoever wrote that out did a great job and whoever coached agented these guys through this match did a fantastic job because that is exactly what needed to happen. Um, before we go into it, do you feel similar or did you like it? Not like it? No, I did. I did. It. I enjoyed it. Um, like you said, I, I was not looking forward to it. I was deflated. I was more just thinking like Goldberg needs to be done at this point. Yeah. It's not good. It's embarrassing, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was good. I'm not really digging the Cedric, Alexander and Shelton Benjamin out of nowhere deciding to and it's almost like a halfway reformation of the Hurt Business it's not even like they're fully back together but they randomly come out and assist Bobby Lashley it's just like to me that was shoehorned in and it was done lazily but um, like I said the last time Saudi Arabia saw this show the Hurt Business was all together so maybe (laughs) 
that was the deal. They're they're really banking off of what happened a year and a half, yeah. two years ago. <laughs> yeah. The uh, whole thing. My guys, we left off right. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so the match itself was good though. I enjoyed it. Just I want the Hurt Business back. I mean, they're they're together as a tag team again, and they're calling themselves the Hurt Business, but they're not really back with uh, Bobby Lashley and MVP's kind Where's of – Where's MVP been? He's like uh, – I don't know if he's injured or if he's kind of doing his own thing or if his contract kind of ran out and they're working on it. I don't know, but I need MVP back because I love MVP. And I want the whole group back together. I want all four of them back together, and I want them to recruit – more members of the Hurt Business. I want the Hurt Business to be a faction for real and do something with it, especially yeah. after the ending of this match, which put Lashley down. Lashley has lost the title, and he's lost to Goldberg. He needs yeah. something to pick him back up. Like, he's still a dominating force, but he got beat by a lot of different factors. Like, yeah. it had to be no holds barred. It had to be falls count anywhere. Um, you know, but I love the fact that the match itself went – six to eight minutes it was slow and methodical uh and it was typical goldberg match spear jackhammer whatever but when he went for the jackhammer and he didn't go for the cover i'm like i'm so happy now i love this because he threw him out of the ring and just proceeded to beat his ass um and then the hurt business came out and then they tried to interfere but goldberg beat their ass so i saw the (laughs) goldberg that i needed to see I saw Lashley get beat by a lot of different factors, and then I also saw the big spot, which was the spear off the stage through the other stage. That was cool. Um, And and I was like, man, now this is beautiful. And there was no cover. It was like, oh, Goldberg just ended up on top of him. Count one, two, three, falls down anywhere. It's over. Lashley did get up and walk out of there on his own. So, and they did show that. Um, I don't know if that is just Lashley be saying, hey, man, I got beat three seconds, but, hey, I'm okay. You know, I'm still superior athlete, whatever. Goldberg just walked out. He took his victory, left. Um, We won't see Goldberg again until the Rumble, if we see him, you know, whatever the Legends contract says. But I love the match. I really did. I think that was – the way, like, remember when we saw Triple H and Batista at WrestleMania? We were all looking forward to it. It was supposed to be great, and it ended up being a 35-minute snooze fest. Yeah. And they went into these big spots where you're, like, pulling nose rings out. And, like, like I don't know. That was culmination of nothing. Nothing happened there. It was – To their credit, this is my thought. <laughs> I think we would have enjoyed Batista and Triple H more if they had a win on earlier in the day. I agree. And not seven hours into the show. Yes, thank you. I think by seven <clears throat> hours into the show, you needed something spectacular, and yeah. they were not the guys that give you that. And that's nope. okay. These guys are like 10 years out of their prime at this point. They I'll agree with that. On, they should have been on like third or fourth show, you know, match, where all the excitement was still there. And we would have yeah. been like, we don't care what the hell happens. Like, oh, sh-. <laughs> And I'm going to agree with that because that was a long show, and I'm sure Triple H was – concentrating on some other stuff and Batista hadn't been in, been in the ring in a couple of years. So I, I agree with that. That that's cool by me. Um, speaking of WrestleMania before we, uh, we're, we're about to uh, end this segment pretty soon. And we're going to go into the hashtag Pat Anthony segment beyond the streets is what we're going to call it. But WrestleMania is just announced as it's going to be two days at the AT&T stadium in Dallas, Texas. So my one time in one day for WrestleMania 32, 101,000 is what they said. I do not think they will get, they might, they'll get that over two nights, but I don't think they'll get that over one night. Um, and putting 100,000 people inside of a closed dome 
uh, shortly after where we're still in a pandemic. It's not a good idea anyway. But Texas has no mask laws. Texas has no gun law. I mean, you know, <laughs> they're going to put some people in there. But it, I like the fact that it's two nights that will, you know, give us a three or four hour show on both nights. It'll give us WrestleMania weekend, kind of like you talked about it before. It won't be the Hall of Fame on – it'll be the Hall of Fame on one of the nights. And, and I don't know about an NXT takeover. They'll probably just do that on their own uh, on a Tuesday night. But um, NXT is doing a pretty good job with the 2.0. But uh, the two, two-day two WrestleMania, uh, I'm good I'm good with that. I'm okay. I'm excited about it. How do you feel? Yeah, I like it. I like, um, you know, I think it worked this year. And um, I like the uh, – because it was two days this year, right? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like the WrestleMania weekend. I like having something to look forward to on that Saturday and Sunday. I think that's pretty pretty cool. And like we were just talking about, whether you're sitting at home or you're in the arena, watching a show for seven to eight hours, like an entire work day, like that is a long time to try to stay invested in something. So, yeah. it, and especially yeah. on a Sunday when most people got to do something on a Monday morning. Right, Exactly. So, you know, doing, doing this is the best, you know, since WWE has decided to go this route of making these shows egregiously long. But, you know, so I'm, I'm with it. I feel you. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about a little more All Elite Wrestling. Oh, we got tangents. Uh, when, we, when we talk to Hashtag Pat Anthony and uh, Pat Streets, we're going to talk about AEW. We're going to uh, talk about that a little bit more um, and jump into that. But you got a tangent. Yeah, my tangent was real quick, actually, on AEW. It was mostly about, like, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, right? I don't know okay. if you heard real quick, but uh, did you hear that Punk said that he felt like his him, Bryan, and Cole coming to AEW was essentially bigger than when Nash and Hall and Hogan started the NWO and WCW? Did you hear about that? I did not. I'm okay, going to have to so go look at that. that. He said that in the interview, right? He said that in the interview. Of course, the interview got back to Eric Bischoff. You know, people want to know, Bischoff, what do you think about it? Well, Bischoff, for the most part, kind of took offense to it, right? Because I would he, hope so. Yeah, he's just like, you can't compare AEW to WCW. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's no way to cut it. Like, it's just not the same, right? So Eric Bischoff recently had went on tangent and was like, pretty much he was just like, Punk, he said, I think it's quoted, he said like, Punk shit the bid. You know what I'm saying? He's like, Punk has done, he popped the ratings of, amongst his, like his, when he first came, but he's like, ever since he's been there, like the ratings have just slumped back down to where they've been. Like, so it's like, so Eric Bischoff is like, he's like, what do you mean? Like, what did you guys do for AEW? You know what I'm saying? Like, you you cannot compare yourselves or AEW to like WCW, you know? And I was just like, it's so true, you know? I, I get I get what Punk thinks he's trying to say, if that makes sense. But it's like, bro, like, I think you're way overestimating your contribution to the wrestling industry at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, when, yeah. when Hogan Hall and Nash came, they were both, they were all still, uh, you know, relevant to, you know, that time in that business. WWF was number one. WCW was number two legitimately. Um, and then you got the, the, the three of the biggest stars um, from one company within months, weeks of each other, jumping over to the other one. And then you're starting an entire storyline wrapped around the entire company, the entire show. Um, that's a big deal. CM Punk, uh, we knew it was happening eventually. It happened. I loved it. It was great. He got a big pop. Um, and now he's going through and he's having matches with people. He's not at his top ring shape. Um, 
He's not in, involved in any big-time storylines like he was in WWE, like the Straight Edge Society or uh, Paul Heyman or anything like that. Um, and Daniel Bryan, he, you know, he debuted on the same night as Adam Cole, basically. They, uh, and the debuts were great. Uh, AEW is doing good business. They're doing good live event business. Uh, I don't think they're at the level of WWE and they're certainly not at the level of WCW where it was back in 95 when all this happened. Um, you know, Tony Khan and Ted Turner, they, they all got money, but, uh, (laughs) you know, that ain't the case. I I think they, they're a little bit too big for their britches. Um, Oh, by the way, um, I just got a message from hashtag Pat Anthony. He is up. He is available. Um, so I say what we, what we do is we'll come back to this conversation because I know he want to get in on this. Let's end segment one. Let's start segment two. And uh, we'll be back with more of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Thank you to everybody. Episode 99. We're not done. Hashtag Pat Anthony coming up next. We are back yep. with, thank you, with the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, episode 99, segment two. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the big ugly. And we are joined. We told you it was coming. We set you up. We gave you the intro. You stayed because of it. You're still here because of it. You might have not listened to segment one at all because you wouldn't listen to segment two because we have the one and the only uh, I'm going to call him Pat because that, that's what his name is, and that's, that's, that's my friend Pat, but you know him as hashtag Pat Anthony. You know him as Pat Streets. We're going beyond the streets today. We, we went behind the deacon, behind the storm. We're going beyond the streets. Pat, welcome to episode 99, the great one, the Gretzky of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling <laughs> Podcast. I got my hockey jersey in the background. It's a Caps jersey because you know about the Caps jersey because we won that oh, goddamn game. If you can see through the video, I got my – Washington Capitals Stanley Cup Championship shirt from that they sold on Monday Night Raw a, a couple years ago. I love it because it says the champs live here, maybe? Yep, it says the champs live here, and it's got the uh, WWE logo and the um, and the Washington Capitals W on the back of it. And the mascot with the championship title belt. Yeah, man. How you guys doing? Wonderful, man. Doing it's, good. it's great to see you. It's great to have you back on the podcast. Um, and Everybody again, staying happy and healthy and COVID free. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, this is why we're doing the Zoom meetings, right? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, man. Happy, healthy, big, ugly. You're doing. You're doing okay. You're working hard. You're busy. Yes, been very busy. Yes, but it's a good thing. And uh, we're always busy with content because uh, there's always something to talk about in the world of pro wrestling. Um, and there's always tangents to go off on. We, we started talking about the Mighty Ducks movie, as a matter of fact. The, first, the Mighty Ducks trilogy <laughs> is what we talked about at the beginning of the last podcast because it just came up. Is it um, really a trilogy? Does three actually exist? Because oh, 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 oh. Yeah, We're yeah. getting back in yeah. this tangent. I'm throwing, a, I'm throwing <laughs> three, that out there. Three Mighty Ducks is 3 good. is trash. Oh, <laughs> Three was the, I we I was talking to Mighty Ducks. One was the OG. Two went way up here with the with the whole Olympic vibe, and then three kind of went the other direction. There's parts about three I liked, um, but you know it didn't fit in no, the trilogy yeah. is what we talk about. But three you know, three did what it's needed to do. And now, and this is what I didn't talk about on the first part of the tangent. I think you're here past three over one. What'd you say? I prefer two and three over the first one. 
we're gonna fight. Well, <laughs> Stu, Stu will always be the best. Stu, Stu, was, Stu is a god level of Disney sports movies. Yeah. It really is. It's it's remember the Titans good. I, I, yes, I, I just you. thought Great that with that yes. correlation yes. right there. That was beautiful. Now, did anybody has anybody seen the Mighty Ducks revamp on Disney Plus? Anybody see it? Yeah, I, I watched, watched the, the first episode. I uh, I liked it, and I watched the second one, and I I haven't watched any any since. I oh, just, okay. I just haven't gotten around to it. But I so do it like didn't the grip you to binge it. It did not. Big ugly. Yeah, I watched all of it. I think it was very nostalgic. I think that it obviously it does not compare to the original movies. No. But I think it's a very lighthearted, feel-good show. And it definitely builds on a nostalgia by trying to feature people from the original trilogy and stuff like that. So it kept me invested. Yeah, the original trio cameos that they have, I've, I've seen clips of it throughout the show. They're great. They're entertaining. They bring back pretty much everybody I'd want to bring back. So yeah. good on them. Only one they could not secure, which I hope maybe if they get a second season, is Joshua Jackson as Charlie Conway. Like, I think I, I would pop for that. Like, yeah, me too. Be, <laughs> How do you not get Charlie? Charlie was the man. Yeah. Charlie, you, we went, you, we saw his puberty changing in the middle of that trilogy. They got a bunch of the other ones back, but they weren't Charlie. Like, they got Aberman, Banks, and, and Gee and stuff like that. They but, get Goldberg? No, because you know he No, was, he was no Goldberg like, is a... Uh, yeah. yeah, Goldberg has a lot of personal issues. Yeah. Oh, damn. We probably won't I... see him. He's he, His issues off the off the camera are very un-Disney friendly. I don't know if you've uh, ever, heard, yeah. ever heard about yeah. what's going on with him, Mike. Uh, I have not... a bunch of drug issues. He was a mm. big, big heroin and meth addict. He oh. slimmed down to like 130 pounds, yeah, he's all because tall. of drugs. Mm. He, he's like a 50-year-old guy, but he looks 85. Yeah, that is not the I'm weight saying, loss that, program I want to go on. I don't. Yeah, that's not trying to be a joke. He's recovering now, though, so I hear that he's doing great. But that's good. I don't. I think he hasn't recovered enough to be in the good graces of Disney. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, well, you know, I, I might. Uh, you know, when I get that Disney Plus, I might uh, jump on that. I've been on the HBO Max bandwagon. Uh, not too long. That's Big Ugly's fault. You know. <laughs> yeah. Real quick on the Mighty Dust Rank, real quick, and then we okay. can move on to wrestling. I just want to say you were talking about the the rever- like how it reverted backwards when it went from number two to three. I got annoyed with this new show and how they pretty much took uh, Gordon Bombay's character backwards. Like in the third one, he had moved on, become like um, a big time lawyer, big time lawyer, or he was like a, a coach of like a college, whatever. And then on this first one, he's like a broke down guy that's got like this skate rink that nobody like really uses. And it was just like, this didn't really make sense as far as like the progression of Gordon's character, like through the trilogy. But that seems to be the formula for these nostalgic reboots. Like the main characters, they always kind of hide in the background and they like, they've learned to hate the thing that's made them so popular in the first place. And throughout that first season, they have to kind of refine their love for it, kind of yeah. like Johnny with Cobra Kai. Billy Zabka, yes. I was about to say, yes. Billy Zabka. Yes, great point, yeah. yeah. Season four coming up uh, soon, by the way, of uh, Cobra Kai, and I think Can't they wait. got – Season three was eh, but I'm still looking forward to four. Oh, I'll take Terry Silver, man. I'm looking forward to Season that. Season three was kind of a – it was kind of a setup for four. Yeah, and, it was. And, and I'm all here for it because yeah. they're leading up to that tournament. I'm excited about that, and I think they got greenlit for at least a season five. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So uh, I, I'm, I'm taking that. I'm down with that. Uh, and so many things that were just in the can over the past year and a half are just like everything's coming out in the movie theater. Everything's coming out on all of the different uh, platforms now. Uh, we're getting flooded with more content than even we tried to do um, during the heart of the pandemic. So there's going to be a lot of stuff to watch, guys. I know we're all busy people, but, uh, you know, we got our devices. So uh, we're going to have to keep <laughs> up, man. Keep up. Yeah. So let's – um. Let's go beyond the streets a little bit. Uh, so hashtag Pat Streets, Pat Anthony. Um, you know, we've well documented uh, as far as independent professional wrestling, you know, inside of hashtag Pat Anthony, the supremacy, the championship, all that we did, you know, it, at length, uh, in character, all that kind of stuff way back when. So obviously things have changed over the past couple of years. Um, I just want us to kind of get an update on you. Where are you at in your personal and professional life? Because uh, people have been asking, hashtag, what's the haps is what it is. <laughs> well, Feeling? first off, let me, uh, let me start off by saying it's the last name, my shoot last name is pronounced Streitz. I know every person who speaks German throughout everywhere will say that it's streets because of the language. It, it's Usually that's it's me. pronounced streets. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's but me. But it's actually, I've always been taught from my father and my grandfather that, that it was pronounced strites. So we can go hashtag beyond the strites if you want. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. And we'll spell it the right way. And we'll also make sure the pronunciation is key. Yeah. Uh, because and that's something, you know, and, and we've been cool for a long time. I actually never knew that. So I, I'm learning something today. So I appreciate you setting us straight. I am sorry. Beyond, beyond the strites. Okay. But I like um, it. Yeah, everything's going great so far. I'm just still kind of doing a, the ring announcing thing with MCW. Um, due to some medical mishaps, I don't really get in the ring anymore. I hadn't gotten in the ring since, I would say, shoot, let's say August of 2019 was my last match, and that mm. was up in, up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, because uh, I had gotten sick uh, two months two months after that and I haven't had a match since and I don't know if I will ever continue my wrestling my in-ring wrestling career um it's just it's just not happening as as of right now but but I, I love doing what I do with MCW with ring announcing and <coughs> excuse me doing the um pre and post shows and every now and then now they have uh they have Kim and Nicole doing it now um so I'll fill in if they need be, but yeah, things go with MCW are going great. They're getting back in the swing of things. They're full house capacity right now. They got their autumn Armageddon tour coming up. I'll be doing a few shows for that. So it's, it's going to be a great fall. That's good, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. And that's actually the first time I met you, uh, you were doing the ring announcement and I was doing the referee and over there at uh, ACW. ACW. Um, yeah. At uh, Millersville, Maryland, Millersville, Maryland, long time ago. And, uh, you know, I saw something in that and in those performances where, it, you know, kind of made me want to jump to being a referee to, you know, doing the ring announcing. And I, I knew it was in there. I just needed a shot to do it. And by the time you were wrestling and, you know, doing those big storylines and those title reigns, I was the one announcing them. Um, yeah. And I was in the middle of all of that because everybody was involved in everybody else's business. And it was a, <laughs> it was a great, honestly, it was, it was a great time. I mean, and things have changed, things have transitioned, but I'm, I'm glad you're getting to do with your voice, what you do. Cause you've got a, you've got a distinctive voice, big ugly. You'll say this too. You know, Pat, Pat has a distinctive, you know, clear voice. When you hear it, you know who it is. Um, and that's, that's, you know, that doesn't happen. You know, for everybody, a lot of people can't 
project and 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 characterize and communicate and change up. But you've got uh, you've got the stroke with that, man. And I'm I'm really glad you keep doing what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that, sir. Yeah, I I've always and I and I'll tell people this. I've always loved doing the announcing and the commentating more than I have in wrestling. I I got into the business starting as the play-by-play guy for ACW. Mm-hmm. Um, and I eventually just wanted to take a stab at wrestling eventually. I knew if I didn't at least give it a shot, I would I would regret that later down the line. But ring, ring announcing and commentating, being behind the microphone, that's always been my first love more than entering competition. That's just the way it always is. And people look at me and they say, how can you be that? Don't you love? Oh, of course I love being in the ring. Of course I love the bell to bell action and the storytelling there, but I don't know. I, I love being behind the microphone, you know, there's, there's a lot of parts. There's a lot of parts to this business and, and, and the voice, you know, wherever the voice comes from, whether it be uh, play by play commentary, backstage interviewing, in ring interviewing, um, ring announcing pre and post show. It's all part of the show big ugly you notice i mean every part of the show is important you know we we're listening to it we're watching it all the way through absolutely so um so it's uh it's now um as far as 2021 almost 2022 i see you're behind the mic there uh, and you you mentioned you do some other work too announcing for some sports teams for uh um tell, tell me about that i do i do um I do the stadium public address announcing for the Liberty Lions, my alma mater out in Eldersburg, Maryland. Mm-hmm. I'll do, uh, I'll do, I'll do football. Um, sometimes I'll do soccer if they make the playoffs. Um, they, they don't do it for basketball anymore, but I also do lacrosse in the spring as well. That's it's a lot of fun there too. It's easy money, helps out with the community. It, it's a lot of fun because I also get to be the DJ. Um, for the stadium during the shows as well. And that is, that is so much fun, especially for football nights and lacrosse nights when there is, when there isn't a band and I get total control over the entertainment and the music. And I don't have to fight with the band over airtime. Oh, it's the best. So much fun. So do you insert a couple of uh, pieces of wrestling music in there? I do. So <laughs> <laughs> of course. So when, um, when there's a, when there, when the lions are on D de- on defense and it's third down, I'll play this clip and I'll go, it's third down, make some noise. And then do you know that the jingle that WWE uses when the steel cage is lowering? I'll play that. Yeah, I'll, I'll play that every now and then um, for third down. I have a couple third down jingles. Um, I'll do that. Uh, let's see here. What's the other one? Uh, oh, Fortuna, the ha, 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 ha. You know that I'll play that during third down. Um, when the when the away team gets a penalty called on them, I'll play the Price is Right losing horn. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, that's creative. See, and that tells a story too. I mean, you know, you could be up there, you could just be, you know, phoning it in, but you're 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 making it a game even more entertaining. That's yeah, absolutely. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. I, I got to come out and, uh, you know, I have no affiliation with any of those teams, but I have an affiliation with you. So if I see something on your schedule and I can get out there, I want to do it because I want to hear you talk. I want to hear you play some music and I want to see your team win, whoever, uh, whatever team is playing. Cause that, well, uh, if you're free tomorrow night, 630 kickoff at the Liberty Bowl in Eldersburg, Maryland, Liberty takes on their cross, their crosstown rivals, the Century Knights. Um, it's going to be a great it's homecoming night and senior night again, 630 kickoff. It's going to be a great game. And 
neither team are in playoff contention. So it's only for bragging rights. And because <laughs> they're both teams in Eldersburg, they play for what's called uh, the Liberty Bell. So it's this big Liberty Bell trophy because they, they're the two high schools in the area that play in something called like the Freedom Sykesville Freedom District. I'm not really sure the exact terms, but every year when they play, they always play each other in the last game of the season, and they always compete for that Liberty Bell. Liberty has won the last three years, so we have the up on them on that. But the trophy will be on the line tomorrow night. Big Ugly. You you hear him promoting, man. We we've had him on half this half this segment, but he's he's good. He because he throws it in. This is what I'm saying. He knows what he's doing, and you know he's promoted what he's doing uh, over in uh, over in wrestling. He's promoted what he's doing, and I, I love it. Yeah, and uh, I want you to promote something. <laughs> I love it, and I wanna I wanna get you into something else because uh, you know as I reconnected with you a couple months ago, and I always knew this about you, but you're a pretty serious gamer as well. I am. I have, I've started running my own Facebook uh, gaming channel. You can give us a follow at uh, uh, facebook.com slash patanthonymd, just like all of my other social media channels. It's at patanthonymd. And yeah, um, we've gotten to team up. When, when the pandemic started, I'm not sure if it was just coincidence or fate, but Call of Duty Warzone mm. launched like right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And you had all these wrestlers, friends of ours, not doing anything. So we have this clan of myself, uh, Lord Diaz from MCW, uh, former ACW cruise, cruiserweight champion Louis G. Rich, mm. um, and former MCW heavyweight champion Keikoa, the, the Hawaiian warrior. We all started this clan. Steve's got, Steve Diaz has gotten into streaming a little bit, and I've started my Facebook channel. Um, struggle to get viewers. you got to grow your channel on other platforms such as like TikTok and YouTube and and Twitter and things like that, but we're just plugging along here. Uh, me and Kakoa also started a motivational show stream on Twitch. Season one of that just wrapped up. It's called Mana Motivation. We stream every Wednesday night on Twitch, which is why I was able to block out this time for you fine gentlemen tonight because season one just wrapped up uh, last week. All right. Nice. We appreciate that. Congrats on that. I'm going to go check that out. So you, you are definitely keeping busy. Oh, yeah. Got to keep busy. Even in the pandemic, you don't want to get too lackadaisical as I sit here in front of my gaming PC, which I spend most of my days on anyways. Is it just Call of Duty or do you guys play other stuff too? Uh, most of the other guys, they'll, they'll play like other games, like Steve plays Final Fantasy. Keikoa, he's too busy of a man. He's, he's trying to get signed down there in Orlando. He's yeah. really just a Call, player, a Call of Duty player. I like games like Final Fantasy fourteen online. I'll play uh, this new one I've been playing a lot of called Splitgate. It's a lot like a Halo, but there's these portal techniques you can do. It's very cool. Um, been playing a lot of that. And I'll play like old old sports games, like emulated games. Like I have a modded version of NCAA Football 14, which has all the current ESPN graphics and updated players and stadiums modded in. It's, uh, it's completely illegal, but I, it is what it is. <laughs> But here's the thing, though. I play this modded version of this video game, but I own a physical copy of the game. So in a weird way, I feel like I have the right to be able to do this. Yeah. Because I've, I physically bought the copy of the game and I've had it since launch. Sure. Um, but it's amazing. It's got boosted graphics, 60 frames a second, and it really fills the void since we haven't gotten a college football game in, what, seven years, eight years? 
Yeah, it's been a while, man. Uh, I, I worked for GameStop for a lot of years, and it, it was like uh, you could guarantee a lot of different things. You could guarantee an NBA 2K game, you could guarantee a Madden game, and you could guarantee an NCAA football game mm-hmm. pretty much every year, uh, even a hockey game too. Um, yeah. And uh, some of them died off a little bit, but I, I tell you, as far as GameStop is considered, I, I still – you find myself walking into GameStop every now and again, or should I say Funko World. Um, I got nothing against GameStop. They still do games, but they got a lot of, you know, there, there was a lot of stock things that happened a couple of years ago. Uh, and then there was also, that, you know, there's a lot of collectibles and Funko Pops and a lot of different things. Um, but, you know, GameStop is still around, but it, I don't know, is, is the retail business kind of going away for things like that? Is everything just all streaming and online? I mean, what do you think about that, Pat? The retail business as in like buying like games, video games, or? consoles, you know, whatever the case may be. I've, I've myself, I'm more of a physical lector. I still like having the physical games in my hand, <clears throat> but I can see why that's taken such a dive over the, over the past couple years. Um, I have both next-gen consoles. Neither of them I secured in a store. Um, one, a lot of stores just didn't carry them for fear of safety of the employees and customers in their stores because they were so sought after. Yeah. And two, um, there's, been a, there's just been a chip shortage. The shortage of, these cons- of the new next-gen consoles not being in any, in any of the stores, one, like I said, for the safety, and two, there's a big chip shortage out there, and it's hard to get so many consoles out there so once they get online i mean yeah there's scalpers out there but it, it's mostly the ship the chip shortage is just causing all these to just not be in the stores right now but they're hoping to fix that over the holiday season yeah and especially with the holidays coming up you want uh you want people out there spending money and especially with last year yeah everybody I personally was... i personally never had a problem with with gamestop you see a lot of flack online about how how they have such shitty business values and just people just not having good experiences there. But frankly, our local GameStop up here, I've never really had a problem with them. I'm the same. I've never had a problem with GameStop. Like, and I'm the same way. Like, I need to go physically get the game. Like, I, I'd prefer that over, yeah. you know, on the system. Um, it's a different experience, If, if you too. get to know the people who have been there for a while and are going to stick around, um, they'll, they'll help you and they'll take good care of you. I remember when, uh, the Spider-Man PS4 launched, you know how they had the limited edition with the, with the big Spider-Man logo on the side. I had pre-ordered that months ago. It, and then I got an email from GameStop, like the day it was supposed to be shipped to my house. And they said it was super delayed. I consider myself kind of an impatient individual. I didn't want to wait. Um, so I had canceled the pre-order. I went to my local GameStop, and they, re- they released it early at 9 p.m. that night. All the pre-orders for the console uh, were already taken up. So I went in there like an hour ahead of time, and I said, I think his name was Brendan. Oh, hey, Brendan, uh, if anybody cancels their pre-order for the console and they just pick up the game, or if, if you have one available, I'll be online on the outside and just, just let me know and and. I would love to come snag that up. And if not, I'll just take a PS, a black PS4 Pro that you have right there. Luckily, that didn't happen. Some guy canceled his pre-order. I was able to get the PS4 console. So all in all, he took great, great care of me, and I've never really had any problems with GameStop. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've worked there for, you know, I said eight years. A um, lot of different stores, a lot of different things. And I, I, you know, they helped me 
put a down payment on my first house, you know, things like that. I had some issues towards the end, but that was internal issues, had nothing to do with like the customers or uh, anything like that. But I enjoyed what I did. Um, I was more of a seller than I was a gamer. I, I, I was more of the business side of it. Um, but I did see, you know, that was way long time ago. That was at least 15 years ago when I last worked at GameStop. So things maybe have changed, but I'm glad to see you had a good experience, you know, and it's all about the, you know, the, the people, if you got the right people doing the right things, then that's what it's all about. So absolutely. I, and I, I back them, you know, if that's, they're trying to make their bread and butter on that, that's some people make their livings that way. So that's all I'm all about that. So, and I'm glad you were able to get what you needed. You still have that console? I do. It sits right under my TV. I don't go. really use it since I have the PS5 now, but it's a nice display <laughs> piece. Did you, yeah, uh, man. did you play the Miles Morales Spider-Man? I did. I, um, I got it as a bundle uh, when I got the PS5. So I was never able to secure a PS5 online. I actually had a buddy who like specializes in that. I served with him in the Marine Corps. Um, his name was Nick Fignoli. Shout out, Big Nick. Um, I hit him up and he's like, hey, have, have you, do you have any extra consoles? And he's been selling these things for like, one two thousand dollars on ebay mm. um but me being an old buddy of his uh served in north carolina together he sold it he sold me one of those bundles at face value he got me the ps5 console came with an extra controller um demon souls which is a fantastic game um it was a remake of the ps3 version great stuff and the mm. miles morales uh version which is which is really fun yeah, nice, nice. Okay, because I, I played the other Spider-Man, but I don't have the PS5 yet, but I like to play the Miles Morales one when I get it. Yeah, if you get, if you, they still have the, uh, the, the, if you get the deluxe edition, it comes with a remastered version of the first uh, Spider-Man game. And oh, it's nice. very good. Yeah, nice. I have Fantastic. not played Demon Souls. I've heard about it because I heard, I had the, uh, the, the last Jedi game they made. I for, I'm forgetting the name of the Star Wars. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Yes, thank you. But it was like, it played a lot like Demon Souls, I guess, but I had not played that. Yeah. So there yeah, we Jedi go. Jedi Fallen Order was weird. It was almost like it was a Jedi, it was like, a, like an uncharted game with, with the Star Wars coat of paint, if that, if is, that makes any sense. That is a great, <laughs> a great yeah. Yes, yes. So this is where we go beyond the strikes, strikes, see, <laughs> beyond the strikes. See, you know, we, we have, uh, th this is the conversation that I was hoping that we were going to have. This is, this is what I want to see. You know, I want to see Pat for Pat, you know, and this is great because, you know, people are, people are going to follow you. People are going to come see your, you know, your games now where you're announcing. People are going to come see you, right? Ring announcing wrestling. People are going to come follow you on video gaming, but we're going to, um, I'm going to switch back. So I'm going to take a tangent back to where this, um, conversation and this podcast and how all of us have started talking it's going to be pro wrestling we're going to talk about that on this dirty ugly wrestling podcast because <laughs> i want to know we've been talking for 30 fucking minutes we've maybe talked about wrestling for 30 seconds and that's okay because <laughs> that's what we do and that's what people expect out of us or our listeners all over the world and we appreciate it even yeah. as far as japan damn right you know we 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 uh we have people as far as uh, the land of the rising sun listening and subscribing and following our podcast so it's uh, it's really cool, and you never know what's going to grab somebody's attention. So tangents are tangents are awesome. So, and we appreciate you being here. We we've been here five and a half years almost, and it's episode ninety nine, and and we're going to invite you to the hundredth one too because that's going to be the biggest Zoom meeting of all time. And wherever you're at, I just hope you can click on it and join in. Yeah, um, after this is over, send me when you like a tentative recording date, and I can see if I can 
make that available. Yeah, Absolutely. we're gonna we're gonna come up with that. It's gonna be sometime in November, December, so everybody's gonna be busy doing holiday things. But we're we'll pull out of time. We'll we'll see what we can do, brother. Um, I'm I'm off work by noon noon every day, so I, I like got the hear. afternoons. There right. we go. Afternoons gotta be up so- at the, gotta be up at at four thirty, sometimes four o'clock in the morning. But hey, it's worth it. Yeah. Hey, that's all right. You get the rest of the day free. But um, as far as pro wrestling is concerned, uh, what are you watching these days, Pat? I know you're a very busy man, but what are you watching? What do you like? What don't you like? What are you into? Uh, tell us about uh, your watching in the world of professional wrestling these days, because there's a lot to watch. I will watch Dynamite and Rampage. I don't really dive into their stuff on YouTube a lot, unless there's somebody on there who who I know from, say, indie wrestling or MCW if they make an appearance on there. And I'll watch the WWE pay-per-views. Um, but other, other than that, I, I just really haven't had the time to watch any other local indie stuff or, or really even stuff from New Japan that I used to be really heavy into. Really, it's just AEW and the big shows on WWE right now that I really have the time for. Yeah, CM Funk was big into that uh, the New Japan world. He would always give us the update, especially when Wrestle Kingdom came around. Um, but there's just so much content uh, to, to watch. But let's – so you get into we, – we did talk about Crown Jewel in segment one. So uh, we, we, had our, we had our likes and dislikes and what we did. So uh, what did you – did you see Crown Jewel and what did you think and what were your highlights, lowlights? Yeah, I enjoyed Crown Jewel. I really did. I thought it was a pretty good show. Um, a little long for my taste. I'm not really a fan of, of four-hour pay-per-views. but Big Ugly, it, we own tag to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was a great show. For, for as long as it was, I, I felt like it was, it, it, was nicely pl- it was nicely paced. I thought that Goldberg had his best WWE match in probably a decade in this show. I thought he, I thought he was very good. I mean, him and, him and Lashley went, what, 10, 12 minutes? That's... That's more than that's longer than every Goldberg that's match you've seen five or over six the past times five longer years than, combined. Yeah, and I was saying he was bumping all over the place and telling a story, <laughs> like doing actual worker shit. And we haven't seen that from Goldberg in forever, and I was very impressed. We said very much the same. And there was one match that uh, Big Ugly, you and I did not talk about, and I did this purposely because I wanted to uh, start with hashtag uh, Pat Strites on this one, hashtag Pat Anthony. Um, the first match of the evening on the main show, and I think everybody can see that countdown clock we have up there, but we're going to make the most of this time. Um, we got nine minutes. We're going to talk about Hell in a Cell, uh, the big red cage. Dun, 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 dun. We're talking about that music that you talk about. We're going to talk about Edge. We're going to talk about Seth. Rollins and we're also going to talk about Jess Carr who got put over in a major way by Edge after this match was over uh, I want to start with Jess Carr because you know her I know her um, you know and she broke a lot of milestones uh, refereeing in Saudi Arabia um, refereeing in Hell in a Cell she's been a part of this whole Edge Seth Rollins story let's start with her how impressed are you because she was an independent wrestler for a while she was back on the indie scene with us tearing down rings, putting up chairs, uh, and also getting in the ring doing her thing. Where, where do you think, what do you think about where she is now? She is one of the most dedicated and hardest working individuals to come from this area in the wrestling business that I've ever seen. I don't know her that well. Um, I know she's very popular in this area, but our interactions have always been brief, but they've always been professional. She is an incredibly nice human being. Um, and, and you see it from these before and after posts she does from when she was just a fan and the work she's put in and, and the weight she's lost and how 
and how quickly they, they snatched her up when they signed her up to be a referee. She's, she, she is the poster person for what a hard worker in the professional wrestling business should be. And she's, she stayed humble and professional and just, you, you got to love her. You, you just, you just got to. And she's and good she's, at what she does. She's a great too. role model to look up to for any, any other women who, who want to be a part of this business, whether it be a referee or a wrestler or, in, in my case, a ring announcer or anything. She, she's, she's paving the way for them. Absolutely. And, and she's so, she's so good at what she does in the ring. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I aspire to be as good as she is. Obviously she's under the right tree. She's got the right training. Um, and she's continually working on it. Um, but, uh, you know, I only hope to be as good in the ring refereeing a match as she has been, especially during this one, which was 35, 40 minutes long. Um, and it was the beginning of the show. And I, I don't know, I, thought that this was a damn near perfect hell in a cell match um, fantastic F- five stars all the way yeah i mean mm-hmm. you you have edge who is one of the best storytellers and craziest individuals one of the biggest risk takers in the history of the business against seth rollins who many consider to be i don't know if you can really call him the future anymore because he is the present. i mean yeah. he's made he's Main evented WrestleManias, well, sort of, if you count the money in the bank cash in, but <laughs> technically still in the main event. Um, he but, faced Brock Lesnar in the first match of WrestleMania in New York and won. That's you know technically a main event match, but not the end of the night because that's where you, Becky was. Yeah, you take two workhorses like Edge and Seth Rollins, put a good story behind it, and then you put a great gimmick in front of it, such as the Hell in a Cell. It's hard to screw that up. Yeah. I mean, they, they both, all, act, well, all three of them worked so hard uh, during the match. Edge and Rollins, they, they, told, they, they had that story coming in, that narrative that just built and built and built, and it needed to culminate somewhere. And that's where, it, on, on the biggest show at the time, in the biggest match, and I'm, I'm liking that it went first. And, I mean, start the show <laughs> off and it said it hot. Yeah. hot. yeah. And it was something sort of a, a redemption match for Seth Rollins because he hadn't really had – that hell in a cell moment that, I mean, he's tried um, the one he, he had with Ambrose, I think seven years ago, it mm-hmm. was okay. The finish was kind of screwy with Bray Wyatt and the, that stupid fucking holograph thing. Um, <laughs> the, the, the one with the fiend was is self-explanatory. We don't yeah. have to get into that. Yeah. We had a uh, whole segment about that before, <laughs> um, but yeah, this was kind of a redemption hell in the cell match from him. And it, it was, it was damn near perfect. Yeah. And they use, I'm all about the cell. I'm still the red on the cell. We had talk about that. I don't know, but it's, I I get it because it's hell, hell in a cell. But that was the perfect use of the cell uh, itself, you know, because a lot of times you get hell in a cell matches where they either use the cell too much or not enough. And and But if you're going to have that structure there, use it. Use the dimensions around the outside of the ring. Use uh, the bump off the top rope into the cell onto the floor. Like, use all the dimensions of the ring right there in one one spot. I mean, that one spot they did in the hell in a cell match where I'm not exactly sure how it went, but Seth Rollins, like he got hit and then he bounced off the cage and then into the table. Yeah. Oh, my. 
Mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, we had never that, seen anything like that before. Nobody has bounced off a cage into a table before. And if, if, if you've ever seen it before, tell me, because that was something I had never seen before. Uh, not on purpose. I mean, <laughs> um, that, that may have been a blown spot somewhere on an indie cage show yeah. with uh, a rickety cage. But, you know, but no. Uh, yeah, the perfect you. Big Ugly, what, what did you think about that match as a whole? No, I love the match at home. I think uh, I think when you text me asking me if I had seen Crown Jewel, that was like the one that I had mentioned that, you know, that Hell in a Cell was dope. And like we said, it started off the show, so it already set the bar high. Like, oh, damn, this might actually be a good one. Because, you know, going in, I'm just putting it in on the background. So when I got into that, I was like, all right, this is going to be all right. Yeah, and it's something that you needed to watch all the way through. It's nothing that, uh, you know, I didn't want to take my eyes away from it, um, which now, was great. Um, Going back to the red cage, I've never really had a problem with the red cage. What I had a problem with, and not to down the whole reasoning of it, but calling a pay-per-view hell in a cell, and this was back in the day. They don't do this anymore. We're talking like three or four years ago. Yeah, Having a, a Halloween-centric pay-per-view called hell in a cell and having a pink middle ring rope for 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 breast cancer awareness yeah. first of all fuck susan g Komen. we're not Whoa. gonna get it <laughs> they take more money than they than they save for charity that's a whole nother conversation that's a whole nother podcast uh, let me just ask is that the reason that we don't really see them being represented in like these in sports anymore i would say yes wwe was was supporting them up until last year i believe but they didn't do it again they didn't carry that over this year but yes right. That is why you don't really see that anymore because they dove into the tax forms and everything that goes into that. And they were finding out that the the foundation was pocketing money, more money for profit than they were saving for charity. Right. So they I'm found like out the NFL stops doing stuff with them too. Yeah. So, okay. Mm -hmm. I have been All right. Continue though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hell in a Cell with the pink ring rope never really sat right with me. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, and that's, uh, that's totally, that's totally okay. The, the whole, I was so, think hoping the cell was red because the, the fiend was red and it was just all because of that, but they're, they're sticking with the red cell. But anyway, looks like we're under the three minute warning. Did somebody say three, three minutes? minutes. I, that's another gimmick. I don't know, big ugly. If you've ever seen that, uh, that, that, uh, wedding segment with a judge or whatever it was uh but um eric bischoff was dressed up like an old man and he ripped off the old man mask and it was one of the greatest things i've ever seen in my life um, oh that was good shit that that is good shit that is why we watch wrestling reasons like that but uh hashtag uh i want you to kind of just tell us again where we can find you where we can follow you because we're under the two minute and i want to make sure we get all that in Absolutely. Much appreciated, my friend. Yeah, if you want to uh, check out my Facebook gaming page, I go live uh, when I can. It's facebook.com uh, slash patanthonymd. Uh, you can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, same handle, at patanthonymd. I post uh, pretty much daily on, on TikTok, various videos I do. Um, once again, uh, I do uh, announce at Liberty, season finale tomorrow night, Century and Liberty, 6.30 p.m. kickoff. Uh, you can come see me on the Autumn Armageddon Tour for MCW Pro Wrestling. Uh, we have a show coming up this Friday night. That's actually at the uh, FX Theater in Dundalk, Maryland. It's going to be the uh, MCW Monster Mash, Penta El Cerro Miedo. Cerdo, Miedo. He will be in the house. And then we have the Shane Shamrock coming up in November and Hollywood the very next night. You can see me at Hollywood 
one of the best uh, venues for indie wrestling is the Hollywood Volunteer Fire Department. So much fun. Definitely go check it out. MCWProWrestling.com for tickets. Absolutely. Support uh, hashtag Pat Anthony. Support indie wrestling. And Big Ugly, we got episode 99 in the can. Episode 100 coming soon. Thank you for checking us out all on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We thank you beyond the strikes. And three, two, one, deuces. And that's when they say it's going to be over. Thanks, Pat. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Appreciate it. All right. Take care.